Hi, and welcome back to another edition of the Sanctioned Citizen Podcast. I'm your hostess, Tevis Del Fuego. What a week. On October 25th, there will be the advent of vaccination passports here in Western Washington. And I am so happy to announce that we are packing, we are on our way out. We just got to wait for our house to be built in Texas, and then we're gone. We're gone from this this hurly-burly turd show, also known as Western Washington government in King County. Um, <clears throat> but I get a front row seat to these, you know, institutional self-immolation that's going on. Uh, it's It's not a happy time. They're trying to embargo everyone who won't take a vaccine. They're trying to limit everything that they do. They're trying to make small business enforcement of a state government mandate. They don't have the enforcement power. They have some enforcement power, but it's under the threat of fining the businesses for doing business. And they are firing police. They are firing firefighters. They are firing nurses. And of course, all these people were viable, essential workers during the height of the pandemic. They did their job. They showed up. They showed up when protesters from Antifa were spitting in their face and pulling down statues and breaking the hell out of, uh, you know, unsuspecting businesses, you know, taking a dump in a public park, you name it. They came out to work in the middle of a pandemic to do it. I think I changed the way I view law enforcement during that time because I have a normal view of things. I realize that I have a respectively normal view of things, um, that when your society is down with a disease, then you favor the people who are helping you rather than taking them out of the help chain. That makes more people more vulnerable and wounded and makes us a less responsible state for the people who are forced to pay into it with their taxes. We live in a local society that believes that they are entitled to take the taxes. So I'm just going to lead with that. So I think that there are a lot more sanctioned citizens today, right now, than ever since I started this podcast. So I want you to know that the seemingly protected class of people that we don't really discuss are the government employed, and they are currently under attack by their uppers. They're being thrown under the bus, and these people think that they probably have been insulated from any kind of, you know, employment, injury, uh, dislocation. They have relied on unions to to do their bidding and to be unfireable. Well, it turns out this is a very strange situation. They can commit criminal acts and never get fired, yet they don't take a vaccine and they're gone. And that is so strange to me. So that's either a very high level of uh, distinct corruption or it's a real sea change in um, 
kind of a cupidity or petty tyranny taking place in the federal government, which is very hard to stomach if you think of it just in those direct terms. But there is there is a reason. There are reasons, there are undercurrents of why this is happening. So I think the Democratic Party, as long as they are deferential to, say, Dr- Pramila Jayapal, who is the, the U.S. congressional representative for Seattle, um, you know, and she represents the tech left, the anarcho-communists, and the totalitarian mob that just, you know, moves fast and breaks shit. You know, and they're moving committed to the CTIA's move fast and break America caucus. That's what I call it. (laughs) Move fast and break America. So they're swiftly and transparently insinuating these destructive health, leftist education and anti-law enforcement policies um, that, you know, represent like defund the police and, you know, depress the uh, the acknowledgement of your natural gender and, and stuff like that. Stuff that, you know, people would just be like, uh, well, it doesn't matter, you know, on a on a sunny day, I'll I'll just go on with my day and this is not going to be any any reason to cause me any harm or loss of employment, you know, if you want to be transgender, that's good. You know, if the wind blows the other way and you don't want to be, that's fine. It doesn't have anything to do with me. I'm just going to get on with my life. But DEI isn't about that. DEI is about making you choose a pronoun when you know who you are and making you defer and walk on eggshells because somebody else decides that day that they're going to be fluid. And that's not fair. We don't over-defer to... We don't carpet the world for one particular class of people and citizens. And that always kind of backwashes onto that class because they are heralded as this powerful um, icon, but they become a picture of resentment for people who are being um, forced into a place of, of perpetual arbitrary tyranny. So they come to resent and hate uh, the object, you know, maybe maybe they never had an, a low opinion of, of of black people, or of Native Americans, or of trans people. They ne- they didn't even give it a second thought. But because they're losing their jobs over, you know, maybe not using a pronoun or something, they're going to start to hate those people. And so the the state is manufacturing this 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 um this hatred, this division, they're manufacturing this. That's what CRT is really about, is to get you to start hating people you have no no beef with. They are not, they're not your problem. You never had a problem with them. But they themselves are not the problem. But the way anger and flaming emotions work is that people, when they're hungry, they're out of work, they're, you know, they can't feed their kids, uh, they're being kicked out of their home, you know, they don't have a job. They're going to start looking for somebody to victimize sometimes. You know, the, you're you're leaning hard onto the morality of, of oppressed people who were just slighted over seemingly nothing. And so a lot of times people will say, 
okay? They they don't really know who to blame, so they just kind of lash out. That's the emotionality of, of irrational people. And there's a lot of irrational people right now because, you know, we're forced into this false prison of, of COVID pandemic. It should have been over six months ago. We should have said, okay, let's let everybody who had it be well. If you want the vaccine, take it. Let's get on with our lives. But no, that did not happen. Okay, we are here. We're enduring a Biden autocratic pandemic mandate for vaccination and for vaccination identity. That's what's happening. So Jay Inslee, who's the governor of Washington state, you know, and they're a bunch of high handed do nothings are abusing this emergency authority and it's granted in coordination with the federal government, but they want to outdo Biden. So they went ahead and launched this, uh, this October 25th deadline for uh, vaccination cards to show at, at restaurants and entertainment venues. So if you're going to go see Dune, go see it on the day of the October 22nd. And then, you know, everything else is contraband and Netflix. So I think it's still uh, World Health Organization laundered CCP policy from our enemies in China. And I'll call them our enemies. They're enemies of the U.S. people. The CCP is the enemy of the U.S. people. They are not our competitors. They are the enemy. If they're launching ICBMs and saber rattling, they're the enemy of the U.S. people. And I don't need anyone in the local government to tell me what's what. You know, they're only competitors if the objective is who can get blind obedience to the state quicker under threat of the cult of government. So if we're going to talk about cults of government, what cult do I speak of? I speak of, I mean, hey, if I'm going to be labeled misinformation by a 10 cent party operations manager over an APAC on a headset, you know, at a PRC Chinese you know, algorithmic censorship firm, I might as well make it a creative story that has some kernel of truth. A talking hemorrhoid. They worship a talking hemorrhoid. So what's on the agenda channeled from the almighty hemorrhoid? Well, number one, political prosecution of Donald Trump and people who voted for him outside of the DOJ due process using fa fascist technology firms here in Western Washington. Okay, number two, uh, impose a universal all-electronic competition to cash or local retail transactions to gut or depress the small business economy, which does exist in a commercially autonomous place where government governs the least. This means we are going to talk about people, consumers, being screened at the door for in-person purchases at in-person retail chains and then steered right back out and instructed to buy online, held passport requirements in order to shop, in order to participate in the in-person economy with the one palm scanner biometric pay from Amazon. You know, they, what they do is they take a vein imprint with your to, to pay with your body, okay? And if you don't do that, and they won't take cash, you got to go shop somewhere else or just walk out with your hat in your hand. 
And that's going to work to your interest anyway, because because I'm telling you, these are the same people. You don't want to feed them. Don't feed them. OK, number three, gaslighting the basic terms of modern reality so that you will turn from the Orwellian mob truth scramble to the government for what is true. Which won't work because they operate most frequently on a sophisticated scaffolding of lies over time and space. The result is that you rely on people who use lies as personally deferred currency for what is true, and you will never ever get the truth that way. That's how that works. So the perception is wrong that the government controls what is true, and they do not. The truth is discoverable and provable as true, despite what liars happen to say. Okay, so what does that look like right now? Well, it might look like Hunter Biden running around in uh, Redmond in a Porsche 911 gray convertible on a Tuesday afternoon. Doing what? Can I confirm his appearance? Not really, but... If I had a reason why, it would be my best educated guess is that his presence would indicate crisis damage control for investors in PRC China. Because he still has his investments there. So late last week, Microsoft closed their LinkedIn China office. Wow, that's a big sea change. That's a strategic double blow concession uh, towards the interest of the Committee to Protect Journalists. One, to stop conformance to the CCP's new PIPL law and their misinformation, disinformation regime being applied to employment networks for journalists. See, the idea was that China was going to gatekeep. They told them to pull journalists off of LinkedIn. They told Microsoft LinkedIn to pull off the journalists who are reporting from China. And they did not want to do that. They said, you're violating people law, PIPL. And then they just said, we can't do this. We can't do this because we will be sued and taken to court by the Committee to Protect Journalists. And Microsoft, I think at the end of the day, when they're pressed, hard enough. They don't want to be that guy. They do not want to be the guy who defends censorship in China. They don't want to be that guy. So, two, they curb China's ability to make Microsoft carry their employment embargoes of Western employment networks of people who work in media and anything else. See, once you break their power to control narratives and employment, well, they don't have anything left. So it was probably do what we say or get the hell out. And they said, get the hell out. We're leaving. Kids, get your shoes. We're going. Let's go, Brandon. Anyways, so here's why free speech is a problem for Biden and King County progressives like Pramila Jayapal. It's a little problem called supplier obstructionism. So let me pull this article here. Let me get this article uploaded. Da, 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 da. I'm going to tap my way to freedom here. Okay, so this is from the Academy of Management. 
It's called Supplier Obstructionism, Theoretical Foundation and Empirical Validation. And this is an article published on uh, in December of 2017. The abstract says, the article aims to develop the supplier obstructionism construct, drawing upon the strategic management, organization theory, psychology, and supply chain management literature, and test its antecedents in a new product development context. Supplier obstructionism is hypothesized to have supplier power, dependence on suppliers, transaction-specific assets, like paying online with your body, uh, internal uncertainty, external un uncertainty, and organization as direct antecedents. The relationship between supplier power and supplier obstructionism is based on the punitive ability a supplier has combined with the assumption of opportunism. The supplier may be more tempted to use its punitive capability as its power increases. The relationship between dependence and supplier obstructionism is based on alternative sources of supply. When there are few, a supplier is more likely to engage in obstructive behavior. External uncertainty can lead to supplier manipulation of the schedule to suit its own needs, kind of like ships sitting out in the harbor of LA, harbor, just sitting there, floating around, waiting to be accommodated with no labor, nothing happening. Oh, they're just sitting there. So, and inflated estimates of the time it needs to acquire needed schedule to suit its own needs. Sorry. The time it needs to acquire needed capabilities. Internal uncertainty may be related to supplier obstructionism if a supplier abuses the difficulty in ascertaining whether compliance has taken place by intentionally failing to comply. So PIPL, which is the new Chinese privacy misinformation, disinformation, algorithmic regulation law for internet safety and well-being. Okay. If you can manipulate the compliance surety, you can't get your goods and services out on time. You can't make sure that your goods and services are regulated. You can't confirm that they're regulated. You can't confirm, you know, that this is a legally viable product. So it's jam, 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 jam. So <clears throat> supplier power is hypothesized to be a direct result of internal uncertainty and dependence on suppliers. Uncertainty increases supplier power. For example, a supplier whose level of compliance is difficult to ascertain has more power. Investment in transaction-specific assets is hypothesized to be a direct result of supplier power, dependence on suppliers, and external uncertainty. Asset specificity results from supplier power over the buyer over the buyer because the investments are sunk costs. Okay, here's what that kind of looks like. I wrote I wrote a note to Ben Dominich and I'm just gonna pull her what I wrote. 
Sorry, Ben. I don't mean to profane your name online. So I said, I think one of the strongest insights I can offer you is that some of the Democratic left don't really want <clears throat> any obstruction to theft, especially if it's leftist government hires or their elected officials. I'm going to call this the democratization of theft of common commerce. So they want a class of victims, but it's the people they want to steal from. So they have kind of an institutionalized kleptomania because they believe it's kind of a civic virtue. They won't prosecute theft by the mob because then they endorse theft by themselves, by digital fraud, mass data-driven larceny, which goes unprosecuted right now, um, eminent domain, asset forfeiture, or an IRS probe that wipes out your fortunes on the accusation of tax evasion. So these are the kind of people you're dealing with. Okay, so there are other means of despairing uh, the public with economic deprivations that are transitive of a mass tax. Okay, so here are some of the things I am witnessing here in Western Washington. One way is to underproduce, to manufacture scarcity, and then price gouge during an inflationary period. Another is to simply price gouge to imitate price increases on uninflated items in, in the retail brick and mortar market. Another is for working leftists in retail to force consumers out of the store to shop in the web lane to cause supply uh, support delays in retail brick and mortar and to, to work everyone into the data violence market. Another is to place additional biometric or biomedical identity requirements as gatekeeping into small businesses to push away cash or non-compliant consumers who just want goods and services. So the government class of workers, you know, thought they were the safest from any economic quartering. They thought, no one's coming to get me. My job is sure. Okay. But right now, there is currently no quarter for police, fire, EMT, nurses, teachers, or any other civil worker on payroll in this state. So upwards of 5,000 Washington state employees are in the crosshairs to lose pensions and unemployment insurance if they have a crappy union. So the problems with the vaccine, if this is about the vaccine itself, can be enumerated in, in simple medical terms. It works for a little while. It works a little bit, and then it doesn't work, okay? There's always going to be a small percentage of the public who have medical reasons, and I'm going to get to that, okay? The obtuseness of King County, Washington, is to not recognize those medical reasons for taking this vaccine, and for this, they will be taken to court. They are being taken to court, so... <clears throat> So prior to 2008, U.S. progressives had a magnified focus on correcting economic evils perpetuated by the banking and finance class. They were the people who were supposed to be the champions of the little guy, Occupy Wall Street. And it was it was a wonderful effort. Occupy Wall Street had a noble, noble aim. Um, you know, they had least had the attentive ear with some consideration from economic and financial leaders on both sides of the aisle. Uh, who are more grounded in facts about the 2008 housing market bust and the crash. However, after the Occupy Wall Street movement was attacked by the Obama administration and more or less ignored by their own representation, uh, we noticed a really big change in what we can now see as 
the fascist authoritarian core of America's Democratic Party. Okay, they call them the centrist. I don't even think that they're the centrist. They're just people who are into hard coercive power. They are pro-surveillance and they are pro-fascism. So Biden is now the face of that party. He gave the nation 90 to 100 days of moderate milk toast government during what seemed like the final days of the pandemic. Then the Delta variant hit. That seemed to embolden the vaccine mag manufacturers like Pfizer. Pfizer, who verified through independent reporting and their own news releases that the booster is only good for about 11 months. And then you got to go get another one. So they have a really psychotic medical lobby. They overprescribed opiates in the state of Washington, and it led hundreds of thousands of people. Who knows? I don't really have the numbers in front of me, but my own doctor told me about this, this debacle. Those people went into the street to look for a black tar heroin because they became addicted through over-prescription of Pfizer pills, okay? For an agenda of over-prescribing its brands of opioids for normal post-operative procedures, which led many unwitting patients right into prescriptive opioid addiction, okay? Later to black tar heroin, disability, dereliction of their families and livelihoods, criminal activity, and eventually death. So the condition is known as OUD, opioid use dependency. Okay, so it makes total sense for other drug dealers, and that's what they are. At that point, if they're pushing people into the black tar heroin lane, they're drug dealers. Okay? So it makes sense for other drug dealers like Mexican cartels who gratefully observed the company who manufactured the market of dependent addicts to work with other suppliers like, you know, fentanyl manufacturing, you know, suppliers from China to get Pfizer's opioid addicts their pills. And uh, that means that there's a lobby in Washington state to keep the border cartels in business indirectly by creating a sanctuary city for our cartel activity and lobbying the Biden administration to enable the addict class. So I understand that Biden has some personal experience with this. So I really believe he's not the guy who's strong enough to say no to Pfizer or U.S. Mexican drug cartel lobbies and immigration. So these are the same people who are concealing their interests under a humanitarian leftist open borders mask, okay? And it's been very tough to say that because prior to now, I would not be believed. But I, I think you can believe because you can see the rays of how this is happening. And I don't like what's happened to my mother's hometown in Del Rio, Brownsville, in the Rio Grande Valley. I don't like what's happened in El Paso when I hear stories of people getting their windows shot out. That's a peaceful place. And it is now under fire from really militant drug cartels 
that have the assistance of the Mexican <laughs> Mexican government. They have the finance the, of the black market in America. They have American black market money. That is immensely powerful. They can afford privatized warriors at this point. They're hiring Americans to do their human trafficking. This is sickness. The problem is cartel business is a slippery slope. Once you allow the drugs, you have to allow everything else that comes with the drugs, including human trafficking, underground sex and labor slavery rings, gang violence, and yes, political corruption. And that includes all kinds of things like refusing to enforce the law of any and all, defund the police, get rid of people who enforce the law, and stop bad things from happening in the community. Do you think Pfizer changed its evil ways overnight just because of this U.S. pandemic? Not a chance. Since the state of Washington is proven to be a movable object for Pfizer to behave illegally and against medical ethics, manipulating doctors to force their medical agenda on patients, it does not surprise me at all that Washington state is one of the most adamant states to require both a vaccination mandate and a vaccination passport card and comparative toughness with the Biden administration. Meanwhile, their opioid addicts are in fact a de facto protected class, allowed to slowly kill themselves in public and others anywhere they want in the city of Seattle. Hey, 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 don't allow law enforcement, child school safety, to get in the way of progressive priorities. Hey, your role is to allow the black market for opioids specifically to continue without any hindrance from federal law enforcement or the attorneys general. How dare you? You know, there is something wrong with the vaccine. It's mostly safe and will provide some immunity protection if you are not allergic to the agents in the vaccine. We know a small percentage of every vaccine has authenticated medical exemptions. However, Pfizer don't care. Pfizer wants a guarantee of product usage and repeat business. Therefore, mandates and booster, 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 you drone. Take your medicine, you dumb little person, so the government can pay for it with your money, your tax money, or your Personal right to refuse to submit to an artifact of force from the federal government on your body, which you have every right to refuse. Refuse, refuse, no, no, no. The vaccine itself has other drawbacks. For instance, Colin Powell was in that high-risk group of Americans. He was a decorated general, a historic man of great prowess in the military whom was lost this week at 84 years of age. He was in the high-risk group of Americans expected to take the vaccine. So he did what he was dutifully asked to do. He contracted a breakthrough infection. He was ailing from a cancer-related condition. And then he later died of COVID-19 complications related to the vaccine. So you can get COVID even if you take the vaccine. You can spread COVID even if you take the vaccine. 
That's why they make you wear a mask. That's why everybody's back to wearing a mask. Because they're shelling out COVID in the form of vaccines and just kind of giving it to people. Sometimes it becomes a COVID infection and other times it's a vaccine. It's a gamble. So it's just not an insurance policy against the flu. If it's really about the flu, it's not not an insurance policy against getting that flu. The COV2 SARS coronavirus. So it's just not the point. The point is that for controlling progressive leftists who are proven that they are able to be corrupted but and run, honestly, by giant technology corporations and, yes, criminal pharmaceutical companies known to kill people with opioids, your job is to pay more taxes and do what you're told. That's your job. And that is wrong, actually. They are supposed to represent your legal interests so that you can legally withhold your taxes and demand a ban and appropriations and a coalition of represented persons of any U.S. community. Okay, it's hard to do, but I think it's a strategy you had better entertain because they have you embargoed and sanctioned six ways to Sunday on the terms of a single vaccine. Take it or else. You better figure out a counterfinance strategy to get them to obey the law or get recalled. So time out. Medical exemptions are legally proven for other vaccines. So are religious exemptions. But this is about controlling the emergency market for a drug from Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson. U.S. Progressive Caucus representatives in Washington state have come to resemble small-minded tin pot dictators stuffed in a $3,000 suit paid for in part by Amazon and Microsoft and the other by socialist head fund managers. Which, you know, they're essentially the same people. They just, you know, switch careers mid-horse and then they wanted to make money differently. Same kind of people. They, they are frequently mistaken for PRC business lobbyists, which is the other chosen career where they passively aggressively don't apologize while they force you into a false option of mobile pay systems, biometric palm or other pay systems, shop online or credit card. So since cash is some kind of insult to these people, it, it is the scent note of their presence. This, this smug behavior against the use and acceptance of cash Okay, if you're not allowed to pay a service debt with legal cash tender without an electronic transaction, don't shop there until the pandemic is over. Let them have their hubris. Let them have this contortion, this, this commercial contortion. Go where you can pay in cash. Okay, they are embargoing everyone who doesn't do what they want right now. So they need you, your transaction. If you cease to shop online or if you stop doing things that are electronic transactions, you are stopping the flow of cash to this feeder leftist class who is stepping on your neck. They're separating you from your employment. They're coring out the people who are coming to protect you when you call 911. You got to find a way to bat back, throw something back at them.
Shop with cash. So, you know, these are people who are there to demoralize your interest. They're, they're demoralizing your medical sovereignty, okay? They're trying to break the police and fire safety in your community. And it is obstructing the supply chain with, you know, deliberate employment, energy, labor, and supply chain embargoes. They're being really, really mean. Okay, so I think at least you deserve to know why you're undergoing sanctions, especially when the viral caseloads are way, way down and most everyone is reaching herd immunity. They are losing power in a terrible way. I am reaching out to other legislators in other districts and asking them about how we can put a pin in tax appropriations in the appropriations bills and appropriations processes, getting them to recognize the law. I am not necessarily a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer, but I do know process. I'm a social process hacker. And I think that you have rights that they're ignoring. And so you have to go outside the lines and coalition with people, get strong, and be together with people who are like you and understand what you need, because this is a human rights violation. I want you to know that the Attorney General of Arizona <clears throat> in September filed a complaint, an amicus brief, against the Biden administration for unequal governing, like allowing people unlimited into the country without a vaccination test, without any kind of COVID test, without any vaccination requirement that's being applied to American citizens that would separate us from our human rights, you know, normal way of doing things, transit. You know, they're talking about, you know, stopping people from boarding airplanes. Okay. I think we're getting back to this place where, where normal people have really had it. And I need you to, to stay with that, that, that juice and just be with the people who understand that the basics you need, you need to be able to choose your medicine according to what you and your doctor decide. You need to be able to decide how you're going to pay for goods and services without it being an extortion. You need to be able to travel where you need to go without paying $5 a gallon at the pump like I do. You need to be able to, you know, choose your toothpaste. But it shouldn't sit out on a boat for two and a half months because Biden. So I mean, these are all important things, all important things that are, are beginning to, to, to smack up fast on everyone who lives in America. So I'm here to encourage you and let you know that the Sanctioned Citizen podcast is with you. Um, reach out to other legislative bodies and just get yourself organized. Okay, so I'd be remiss in my duties if I didn't add a real social process hack. So in these tough times, you have to do unusual things to get ahead of people who were corrupt and posing as your leaders when they are not leading 
Uh, they're just being Cupid. And they're serving, like, two people. Two interests over the general interest of the American people. That's what I really believe is happening here. Um, I don't think people who don't get the vaccine are trying to infect other people. I think that people who get the vaccine are infected sometimes and that even they are infecting other people. So that's why you make them wear a mask. So because the logic is really scrambled, they're just kind of beating you with a little you're be they're beating you with a stick, an economic stick that says, "Do what I say. I am I am the lord of your life because I was elected in government." So, I would absolutely be remiss if I didn't tell you ways to stick up for yourself and get an abusive bastard out of power. So, <clears throat> Right now, I'm not in favor of Biden's brand of government. And uh, I'll give you some of the indirect, you know, inappropriate responses to his government. So in the state of Florida, uh, which has generally been a pretty good example of a lot of policy, but they have one policy that is just really sticking in my craw. And it's an identity mandate for medicine. They have an identity mandate to go get the vaccine. So they're they're... More or less, the state has become anti-vaccine. I, I don't think any other state really has a requirement for you to show ID to get the vaccine. So that's no. I mean, if you have to show or, or demonstrate that you are who you say you are sometimes when you go to receive medical treatment, um, particularly if you are on government medicine um, or government medical insurance. Uh, but they don't necessarily scan your card every time you go. Now, if you get into a situation where they're scanning everything, the minute you come in the door to prove that you are who you say you are to get medicine, that is some kind of Orwellian, weird, uh, dystopian embargo of some sort. They're trying to get something from you. Extortion of some sort. It's very uncomfortable when that happens. Um, so what I would tell you is that de show them your card, but don't let them scan anything. Uh, if you need to get the vaccine, like if you need to get it, show them the card, but don't let them scan it. Um, that's, that's the way you get your medicine if, the, if that's the case. But that's, that's an unusual response and it's blowback to what the Biden administration is doing right now autocrating this vaccine. Uh, it's not a very typical situation. So uh, so the other social process hack that I want to leave you with is this, is that the federal government has to comply with legal requirements. Now, the IRS does not really have universal power to probe every single American. And I doubt very highly that the IRS is going to get the green light to probe everyone with a $600 limit. But if they do, if some kind of uh, collapse happens and there are people who are really going to contravene their even their own self-interest and say, yes, let's go for it. Let's let the, the federal government get into everything that is ours. Um, I think people are beginning to see the logic of repealing 
you know, repealing and replacing because they don't ever like to get truly let go of some of those those dystopian powers, but definitely repealing uh, the Patriot Act, the Real ID Act, and any of these these Bush autocracies that got in there that that represent that core of pro surveillance, pro fascism that got instituted during the globalist Bush administration, you know. I shall profane his name because he he was awful. And Obama came along. I'll I'll stop my editorial after this. But Obama came along and basically made a uh, a masterclass of fascist surveillance and Nazism in in the brand of American government, technical government, technocratic Nazism uh once Bush left. He thought he was going to improve upon that. And make it even stronger. And I think that I, I despise the Obama administration to this day. So this is a weaker variant. Biden is a weaker, more incompetent variant of this government. So I would say if you were a legislator and you were so inspired by this, this podcast or the advocacy of this podcast, I would say please get together with your peers and discuss methods of recall methods of recall of this government because it is not working out for you or anyone else who has to live with it. Inflation, embargoes, medical embargoes, ships sitting out in the harbors of, of California, China, wagging their their nuclear weapons at us all at the same time. I think it's too much, man. I think it's too much. It's time for you to to consider a recall of this man and his government. So that's that's the one social process hack that I can I can just donate to you. Uh, the other one is the IRS doesn't really have the overweening powers to just probe your bank account right now. They they don't. They just don't. So they would have to get a law enforcement order. And the law requires them to not have a warrant to probe your checking account. Most people don't know that and that is sad terrible news for most of us. When I discover it, I, I really had to take a stress nap for a couple days. It was really, really tough to stomach. And then, and then, I moved most of my transactional stuff to a savings account. So I shop in cash a lot, actually. Um, I make a withdrawal, and then I go buy what I need to buy so, most times. Okay, if I have to use a card, it is very infrequently, very infrequently. Um, but I mostly shop in cash as my transactional anti-surveillance protest it's my one little individual thing that i show to god and and the and the spiders that i don't want their surveillance and i'm not going to comply every single day every day i shop in cash they know so (laughs) anyways if it gets bad and and the IRS decides to swoop down on, on your bank account $600 plus or more, then you just move it to savings and then you shop in cash. That's it. That's the social process hack. They don't have any any rhyme or reason or rote to, to go do that. So it's checking account. They, the police right now do not have any need for a warrant to go in there. Um, but they don't. they need a warrant to go into your savings. So that is that is the social process hack I, I have for you. If you have any feedback for me, uh, Tempest del Fuego 
there there's means to to contact the site. Um, I wish you well, and I hope your process hacks work for you. Okay. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be podcasting probably more. I'll give you updates on the situation after the 25th hits. So there, there definitely will be more sanctioned citizen podcasting from the front row seat to this, this terrible scene in Western Washington. Stay tuned. <laughs>